You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast. My intention is to change the lives of one million women, one podcast at a time. Now let's get started. Thunder, feel the thunder. My name is Sloan Fremont, and today I'm going to tell you my secrets. You Welcome to the first episode of Create What You Speak with me, Sloan Fremont. Before I start telling you my secrets, I want to tell you a little bit about myself and why I started this podcast. As I mentioned, my name is Sloan Fremont. I'm 39 years old and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm single and I live with two cats in a tall and skinny house that's not far from downtown Nashville. In my day job, I work in IT and in my spare time, I hang out with my amazing friends here in Nashville. I date amazing men and I catch as many live shows as possible. As you can probably imagine, that's a ton. Um, I'd say on the average month, I probably go to anywhere from 10 to 15 live shows. And actually, I was just having a conversation with one of my friends about this the other day and living here and being around music so much kind of loses its charm over time and we were talking about this because she was saying that how I'm always so unimpressed at shows anymore because I've seen so much I've seen so many shows and it takes a lot now to actually see something a little different this podcast is called create what you speak for two reasons the first reason is my favorite word in the English language is abracadabra and the meaning of that word is we create what we speak And the second reason I chose the name for this podcast is changing my thoughts is how I radically change my life from just a life of existing, a life of feeling like I was living on the sidelines to a life that I now absolutely love. I'll be talking about that more throughout this episode, but I really believe that foundationally, if you want to change anything in your life, you have to change how you think about it, how you talk about it and your perception of it. As I mentioned, living in Nashville means I'm around music a lot. I'm not a musician, but I love music. I love how music can often explain how I feel in words that I can't always say. So music will be a big part of this podcast, too. So if you listen to the songs I choose and the topic, you'll probably find a, a correlation between the two. It's fun for me to pick those, to pick the songs for the show. So I love doing that. So that's a little bit about me about my background, about why I started the podcast. And I want to tell you the story about how I blew up my life. And when I say I blew it up, I mean, I completely blew it up. Back in 2016, actually it was in early 2017, this is when this process all started. I had a nice home, a really nice home that I'd actually built, saw it build from a pile of dirt up to us I lived in for about six years. I lived in the Midwest. I had a great career. I had a life that on the outside probably seemed perfect, but on the inside to me, it was pure misery. I hated it. (laughs) And I could only keep up with those appearances so long, right? I was tired. I was so sad. I was so fed up just with existing is the only word I can use to describe this. And I used to tell my friends, my good friends who I would talk to about this, that I felt like I was, I was living my life on the sidelines. I was watching everybody else get what they want and live what they want. But for some reason I was on the sidelines, just waiting for my life to begin. The point that I got to and where I was at was, for me, was that I felt like I really had no other choice than to make this massive change in my life. And so that's exactly what I did. And here's how it happened. So at the end of 2016, I decided I was 
just done. Enough was enough. And I was starting the process to decide how I wanted my life to look. And I didn't do this based on what I thought I could have or you know, what I thought other people thought I should have. I started thinking about what do I actually want? What is it that I want? How do I want to feel? Not how everyone else expects me to feel, not how, you know, my parents want my life to be, not how my friends think my life should be. What do I want? Me. So I started to write all this out in a list and I wrote it really in this format. I wrote, I want whatever X and I can have it. So I started really going through this process of identifying what it is that I want, but also giving myself the permission to have it. And, and, and I, as I look back and I think about a lot of this stuff, you know, the sideline living that I used to live, I guess maybe at some point I was waiting for permission. I don't know who I was waiting for permission from, but I imagine most of you listening probably have some area in your life that you're holding back because you're, you're maybe subconsciously waiting for permission from someone to, to be able to do what you want to do. I went through the, through that process of just making lists, making the list. What do I want? Writing it down and adding an extra sentence after saying that I could have it. That part of this process was so important to me because it started to shift my beliefs around what I thought I deserved. Because for some reason, and we'll get into a lot of this throughout uh, this podcast, but for some reason I had this feeling that I didn't deserve these good things. I, I don't know where that came from. I did not have a bad childhood. I was not brought up in nothing bad happened. It was for some reason, somewhere along the way, I picked up the belief that I didn't deserve good things. Shortly after I started this process about deciding what I wanted, and I, I, I decided that I was thinking about this in all areas of my life, right? I was thinking about it in my career, with my friends, with the relationship I was in. Spiritually, what did I want? My house, my, you know, my general existence, what did I want? Shortly after I went through this process, the guy I had been dating for three years and I we mutually agreed our relationship wasn't working and we broke up. Next, I negotiated a long leave of absence from my job. I had asked for three months. I was hoping I'd get two months, and I ended up, we settled on one month. I had never done anything like that before. I was scared to death. I had written you know, tons and tons of things down in my journal about this. Should I do this? Should I not do this? And in the end... It really it scared the shit out of me, but in the end, it was not a big deal at all. It was the 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 way I my own anxiety about it and the things I told myself in my head were way worse than anything anything than actually getting what I wanted in that instance. So so I started this process and things started to change very quickly. My ex and I broke up. I negotiated a leave of absence from work and the process was beginning. It was starting. And so since I've told this uh, story to people, and I tell the story a lot because anybody that asks me anything about how I changed my life, I tell them it starts with a decision and you got to decide what you want. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. But people have asked me about this, about negotiating a leave of absence and how to do that. And because most people don't think about doing something like that. It's not, it's not often talked about. If you look in your employee manual at work, if you're thinking about doing something like this, it probably has a really small paragraph that says something to the effect of as needed or as discussed with the supervisor or something like that. that that's really how mine went. It was, uh, it, it was very vague in there. But I talked to my manager, talked to HR and explained you know, what, I, what I was going through. At that time, I was consulting, completely burnt out, and just couldn't take another minute of it, really, at that point. That's just a side note. If you're thinking about doing something like asking for a leave of absence, uh, check it with your employer and just see see what they can offer for you. So anyway, so I went, as I went through this process, I started to realize, okay, okay, let's see here. I just made a list of the things I wanted and I got both of those things. So what happens if I continue to do this? So I did it again. 
I made another list. And this time I was focusing a little bit more fine-tuning on the life that I wanted to create. This round of my list got me a new job in Nashville and a brand new home. So let me tell you about that, how that happened. So during my leave of absence, I decided to visit, visit Nashville because I love the city. And I had thought about a few years before that, I, the first time I came to Nashville, I thought, man, I'd love to live here. I'd, I'd love it. But, you know, it was about six hours from where I lived. It, you know, the thought of the logistics of all that was just too overwhelming back then. And my ex at the time was a musician and, you know, he had ties here and, and, and so anyway, we had talked about that quite a bit. During my leave of absence, it, shortly before that, I had applied for a couple of jobs in Nashville. I don't remember. I remember using Indeed.com, but I don't remember really any specific company. I don't remember anything other than submitting off some... Half the time, I didn't even read the positions. I just submitted my resume and thought, well, we'll see what happens. I come into Nashville. I, I was actually going to stay in one of those tiny homes you know, that used to be popular. I don't know if they still are, but I really wanted to experience that for some reason because actually when I used to watch that show on HGTV, those freaking tiny homes used to enrage me. They would piss me off so bad. I'd be like, why the fuck would someone want to live in a tiny ass home? Like, I don't understand this. So, but I was so curious about it. So there used, there was an Airbnb here, a rental for a tiny home. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm have this month off. I'm going to go to Nashville for a few days. I'm going to stay in this tiny home. I want to experience this, but I also want to start looking at Nashville. Do I really want to move here? Is this something I want to do? Right before I left, or I was supposed to come down here to to stay. I got an email from the person I was running the Airbnb from and she had canceled my stay. Nashville's government had decided that they did not want to let Airbnb or let tiny homes be part of Airbnbs. I can't remember exactly the details, but they, she, she couldn't rent it out anymore and my reservation got canceled. So I sat there and I thought, okay, so is this what is this telling me? Is this a sign? Because to me, everything's a sign. So I have to pay attention to see where am I, what, what is this telling me? So I sat there and I, I was thinking to myself, okay, so should I still go to Nashville? Should I stay? You know, what should I do? It was, it was still pulling at me to come here. Something in the back of my mind was like, no, you still need to go to Nashville. So I ended up getting a different Airbnb and coming to Nashville, staying in the, the other Airbnb. And as I got here, I really didn't have a plan. It was cold as fuck. It was like 10 degrees. And I got in this Airbnb. And as, as soon as I pull up there, the, the woman who I'm staying with, she says, make sure you lock your car and make sure you take all your stuff inside because my car gets broken into every night. I was like, okay, holy shit. I'm like, I'm not used to that. That is not the type of neighborhood I live in, you know, in my house in the Midwest. I'm like, mm, okay. So right there, I'm like questioning myself, right? All these doubts are coming up. And then I, I, I ended up getting in town like later that night and I went out I went and grabbed something to eat, but then I went back cause it was freezing cold and I just, it, I just didn't want to be out. So the next day I get up, I go do some shopping. I'm, I'm driving around and I think I ended up meeting, I had a friend in town here who I knew one, and I think I ended up meeting that friend that night. And so the, then the next day was on Sunday and I, again, having no plan, I'm at, I'm at this Airbnb and I started sitting there questioning myself, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, who do you think you are? Right. Who do you think you are uprooting, thinking you can uproot your life? You're nearly 40 years old. What the fuck are you doing? You know, so this is going through in my mind and nonstop, you know, this, this negative talk that I had in my mind, I'm sitting in this Airbnb in the bedroom and I'm watching Frasier on Netflix and I'm sitting there bawling my eyeballs out because I'm like, so like, what, what am I doing? Right? Like, I want to make this change. I don't know if I should come here. Like, I don't know what I should do. Okay. So I, I sat there and I was like, all right, fine. So here's how this is going to go. I'm going to put this idea of moving on a shelf. I'm going to finish out today. I'm going to drive back to my house on, uh, which would have been the next day would have been Monday. You know, I told myself I'm going to just 
set this aside for a while, go back to my life after the leave of absence at work and see if things are better and see what happens. The next day on my way out of town, I was meeting with a psychic. I had an appointment to meet with her. While I was in the, the the meeting with her, I get a call on my phone about a job here in Nashville. And again, I didn't remember applying for I definitely didn't remember applying for specific positions with different companies, but I also, I didn't remember even any of the positions I applied for. So this lady leaves me a message about, you know, kind of call her back. And so I called her back and it ended up about two hours after that, I had an interview for a job from a company I'd never heard of in an industry I'd never heard of. And two hours later, I'm sitting there with my now manager having this interview it, it starts kind of in this whirlwind, right? Because some of the things that the psychic told me, I had an idea of how this was going to unfold, but yet I hadn't gone through the mechanics of it to even know or like, what the fuck, you know, right? Can I do this? Okay, so I ended up interviewing with this company. Uh, long story short, three, three weeks later, I have the job. I quit my consulting job. I um, And I've been at that job for seven years. And, and let me back up. This all happened in three months, okay? So I got the job. I quit my consulting career of seven years. I sold my house, which is the one I loved that I had built that I lived at in the Midwest, which that's a whole, probably a whole nother episode talking about the sadness of letting go and all that kind of stuff, which, which is, we're not going to, I'm not going to go through all that right now. Cause I, I talk your ear off. But so then I took the job in Nashville, bought a house in Nashville. I went from a living a life on the sidelines to actually living a life. And I don't mean just a when I say I went from living a life, I meant I, I mean I went to living a life where I was fucking happy. I was so fucking happy. I was radiating so much joy. People who I saw, they like they couldn't believe who I was. Would probably be a good way to explain that because I had started this process and done these things to get myself somewhere, which I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea if any of the things I was doing, it all started with a list. This started with a list, right? It started with me making a decision and writing out a list. And here I was, but not uh, two months later at that point, sitting in Nashville interviewing for a job that I ended up getting. Okay. Changing my life, going through all this. And, you know, as I look back through this, and I told this story a lot. I told this story a lot when I started my job. I told this story when I meet people, when I go on dates, when I met friends here in Nashville. Everyone loves to hear this story too, because it's so, not many people do this. Okay. Let's be honest. Not many people have the balls to do this. And, um, as I look back on what I did, I am, I'm amazed at myself. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so happy that I, I got off the sidelines and I started living. And, but on the other side of this, I'm actually not surprised that I was able to do these things. Okay. Because most of my life I've been a rule follower. I've always been the one, you know, following the rules. However, I was always on the outside, not doing things like everybody else. So the fact that I've never been married, I don't have kids. I'm 39 years old. That's one example of that, because I can tell you that me being single and not having kids makes most people that are married with kids more uncomfortable than it makes me. People seem to, I don't know. I think they feel bad or they feel like I, you know, I don't have a great life. And it's always amazing to me when I meet people that they're more sad or more bothered by my lifestyle than I am. And so, so that's one instance where I didn't fit in. And, and as a side note, uh, I actually hate kids and I never wanted them. So, and the obvious reason why I'm not married is because I actually haven't met the right guy yet. No secret there. It's just, it's just how my path is unfolding in this lifetime. So, okay. So, but let me get back to the story of how I changed my life. There's a few ways that I, when I tell this story, I like to help people visualize how radical my action was my actions were during this. So if you picture a mushroom cloud in the sky, 
like blowing up, you know, like an atomic bomb type mushroom. So if you think about that visual, like how I picture myself going through this is crawling away from something like that, like scratching and calling my way through the dust and the brokenness and, and leaving all those old aspects of myself behind that no longer fit me. And then I'm, I'm, so I'm, you know, scratching and calling. And as I walk up and I get on my knee, I get up from my knees and I'm on, you know, I'm kind of, uh, leaning forward and walking and standing upright that's how I see myself now. Like I went through all the shit that I needed to go through, but as I clawed my way up and I took my life back, it's like I shed all these old versions of myself to become exactly the person I was meant to be. This person who's happy and loves life and wants to help other people do the exact same thing. This person, this me, this version of me now was always there, always waiting to come out. Right. But she and definitely this version of me is not the spectator of my own life anymore. And as I look back, I'm like, damn, it's about damn time, right? Like, why did I wait so long? But you know, that there's no benefit of looking back and regret. So I don't even go there. Okay. So the other picture that comes to mind when I tell anyone the story is kind of, if you think about like a funnel cloud, like if you draw a tornado or, you know, the circular, you know, a funnel and, like I see myself on one side of that funnel. Like I see my life the way it was before and being unhappy. And, but then this, like this tornado came through and it ripped that life all the shreds and it, I came out a, a different person on the other side. It's like, as I went through this, my perception changed, things got clearer. I was so much more vocal about what I will and will not take anymore. And I made a goddamn decision about what was most important in my life. And I made it for me, not for someone else. Not because I thought anybody else wanted me to do any of this. It's because it was what I wanted. I, me, it was time for me to step out and go after what I wanted. And I finally did that. Going through this process, you know, no one talks about this part of the process, about the ugly part, how ugly it is and how painful it can be, but how it, it can be... And this, as you can see, this is still extremely emotional for me because it was so much to go through. And while it's ugly and it's scary and it's, um, you just wonder what the fuck is going on and how you're going to survive. At the same time, it's like I was growing into this, this other version of myself that this whole process is so, it's so beautiful at the same time. And I feel like that, um, nobody talks about this part of it. Nobody talks about the part where when you, when you make a change that you have to go through some shit <laughs> for your life to change. I mean, you just do like, you're not going to walk in and say today, I want to change my life and, you know, walk out the front door of your old life and walk into the, to the front door of your new life. That's not how it works. And I think most people get hung up during the, this process because they think when they go through the ugly parts and they cry and they, they lay in their bed in the fetal position and think they can't do it anymore. Like I did so many times they quit. And I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I was, there was points when I laid in my bed and I was like, you know what? I've seen what I can do and it's just too much. I can't do it anymore. But of course I didn't let myself do that. And 
I think that's why people don't go through change most of the time because they think they're doing change wrong and they quit. They don't, they think that you shouldn't feel sad or you shouldn't feel, you know, emotional or, you know, people fall out of your life as a result of this. I lost a lot of friends as a result of this because I changed who I was and a lot of people couldn't handle that. It, it triggered them. They, you know, things came up for them that they just they couldn't handle. While it was ugly and hard and painful, it was the best thing I've ever done to come out on the other side because through all that ugliness that's where the magic happens and sometimes you sit in that ugly for a long time because it takes time it, it takes time for this process to happen and yeah as you can, I still get emotional talking about it it still makes me cry because it was so much it was so much at once but I, as I look back and I think about this process I mean I created it I created this life I created it by speaking it and that's why this podcast is called create what you speak because I'm going to teach you how to do that I'm going to teach you how to take what you don't like in your life. And it could be anything. It could be anything. Because I know my change was so radical. My change was way more than most people would go through, right? But it doesn't mean you can't change parts of your life that you're not happy with and have the same results. By making a decision of how I wanted my life to be and what type I wanted you know, what type of life I wanted to live, who was in my life, what my career was like, the men I dated all of it, I, I decided this. And, and that's where, you know, I think most people spend most of their life living on the fence. They sp- stay in between spaces. They don't put one foot down on the one side or the other. They just stay in the middle because it's scary for a lot of people. It's scary to make a decision. And I, if you're, if you're in that place right now where you're in, in the middle of something and you, you can't make a decision, you're not going to get anywhere by staying there. I mean, you're just not, that, that's not how life works. We, when we make a decision, amazing things start to happen. And I felt like for me during this process that the red carpet was rolled out for me. It was like, it was like when I decided this is what I'm, I drew a line in the sand. I was like universe. And I did, I said, you know, I still say this to the universe today for things that I want universe. This is how this is going to go. Okay. And I feel like that the red carpet was rolled out for me. I mean, things in my life, as I went through this process, I never in a million years could have planned or thought would have happened, happened. I mean, people got in formation. And when I say people got in formation, I mean, people got in formation. They did things that I never thought anybody would do. It was like, all I did was show up and take the next logical step. I mean, it literally was magic. And I feel like as I went through this too, I tested the universe to death. Like I non fucking stop on this. I was making ridiculous demands and I would sit there. I remember I would, I would say in you know my mind or like when I was crawled up in the bed crying in the fetal position, I would say, well, I guess if X, you know, I would make, for, I can think of one on the house when I bought my house because I, I, when I was buying this house here in Nashville, way out of my price range more than, and not out of my price range. I mean, out of my comfort zone. Let, let me put it that way. It was out of my comfort zone. And I, when I was going, th- you know, and when I was, we were working through the closing costs and everything. And I told my realtor, I said, let's ask for $10,000 from the builder in closing costs. And she said, eh, I think you should ask for 2000. I was like, mm, no, let's ask for 10,000. She's like, I've never seen anybody get 10,000. I was like, well, then I guess it's not meant to be. She asked for 10,000. I got 10,000. Okay. And so this happened again and again and again. And here's a couple of some more examples of that. It just happening to be in town when they called me for my interview, right? Like just the, like, think about if I wouldn't have, if, if because the tiny home rental got canceled and I didn't show up in Nashville, 
and take the call, right? Just think, I don't know. I'm not saying I wouldn't end up here, but it, it was like things like that just kept happening. It was easy. It was easy. That Maybe that's a better description for this. It was easy. And, and other things like uh, when I, so I had to stay in an Airbnb for the first two months when I was here and I was looking at several and the day I was going to look at them, I, uh, there was one that was way out of my price. It was probably double of what I wanted to pay. And I, I, and I didn't get a chance to cancel with the guy because I, I was rushing around that day. So I decided, all right, I'm just going to go. I'll go there. I'll talk to him. Probably not going to work out, but okay. So I showed up. Within five minutes, he told me he'd cut the rent in half. Okay, I didn't even ask. He just told me he would, which made it in my price range. This Airbnb was like two minutes. Literally, I think it was six minutes from my driveway when I left there to my desk at work, which is which was a big deal for me. I, I was not decided living here. I'm not commuting anymore. That kept lining up and happening. As I went through this, I was trying to write down all the stuff that, you know, I was trying to write down all my thoughts and uh, all these things that were happening because they were happening so fast. It was like things were happening things happened faster than my brain could process them really is how I felt. It was like my reality was here and it was now, but my brain was like, wait a minute, I'm still back in this old house. I, how did this happen so fast? Right. And so I dug out my little journal that I wrote some things down when I was going through this. And this first, this was back on February 28th of 2017. And I was talking in here, I just wrote about the discomfort of the new home, like the taxes and overall cost of it. And can I do it? Can I afford it? And every sign points to yes, but I, I, for some reason I am holding back. And so I wrote to myself, just take the leap. But there was still so much resistance for me. And actually I wrote down here, I'm secretly hoping it falls through, even though I know it won't. <laughs> That's where I was at, right? I was doing all this testing. And so when I got here, so I got here in last, uh, so it would have been about March, uh, you know, end of February, beginning of March of 2017. And so this, this whole reality of me, you know, I've created this life and I'm not sure about this reality that I'm in right now because it's happened so fast. And so it was almost like I couldn't face what I'd done, even though it was awesome and I loved it. You know, I came from a life of not being used to having happiness or good things. They're not thinking I was even worthy of good things, right? I went crazy <laughs> for like nine months. I went crazy in my new life. So soaking up all the live music, dating a ton of awesome men, meeting, it was like I'm, everybody here was kind of in the same place. Everyone's new. Everyone. You know, a lot of my friends that I've met here are in the same place, single, no kids, maybe, you know, some, if they do have kids are older, I spent literally nine months enjoying every damn minute of it. I mean, I was happy. I was so happy. Still am. I'm still am. I don't mean was, I mean, I am, I'm happy free and I had done it. And it was like, I was giving this big middle finger to the voice in my head, to the people who didn't think I could do this, to the people who are sad for me because I'm 39 and single with no kids. When I, on the other hand, am at the best point in my life that I've ever been. And, and if those who questioned me or, you know, thought it couldn't be done or, you know, whatever, who cares? You know, that's their thoughts. It's not for me. But, you know, it was like I was saying to my, I was to myself or my, to the world or however you, I don't know exactly how to put it here, but I was like, here I am. Like I did this. I didn't die. <laughs> In fact, it was quite the opposite. I was finally living. Now I've become to, I've come to expect that from life because I know the secret and I know what it takes to get what you want in life and what it means to go through all these stages and come out on the other side to actually tell the story and to provide inspiration for people and to, to just let people know that you can do this too, right? I'm no different from any one of you listening on this podcast. The only difference is, is I didn't quit. I just kept doing and going after what I wanted and I got it. And here's the other part about this. I mean, I can walk the walk 
I can walk to talk or whatever that phrase is because I did it. I did it. I changed my life. And you can't buy this kind of courage, right? You can't buy the courage that it took me to do this. I look back at that and I, again, you know, so proud of myself and just so like, ah, like, and, and you know, I kind of also look back on, on this and think, okay, that's no big deal. Like, so what am I going to do in t- 2018? I mean, last year was freaking crazy. So what's 2008 going to bring, right? My whole point with this podcast and telling you the story and, and giving you these examples is because I can teach you how to do these things. And that's why I'm doing this because I, this, this feeling inside of me, I mean, this is my first round podcasting. I've done it before and I've, I've done a lot of other work with blogs and, and uh, speaking and you know all kinds of stuff, which we'll talk about another day. But I can t- teach you how to do all of this stuff. I can teach you how to create the life you want by what you speak. Each week, I'm going to take you through a different topic, and I'm going to talk through it with you, tell you a little bit more about my story. You'll get to know me, but also what you can do to be proactive and make the changes you want in your life. How do I know that you want to make changes The first way I know this is because you found your way to this podcast and that didn't happen by accident. So something in you knows and is ready for more and I'm going to help you find it. My goal and my intention with this show is to change the lives of 1 million women, 1 million. So now it's time for us to get started. All right. So I'm coming to the end of the show today. This is the first episode as you know, and here's what I want you to consider this week. If you want to start putting these things into action like I did, start to think about your life and what you really want. And I don't want you to think about this from what you think you can have, what those voices in your head are telling you, or what your parents have told you, or your brother, or your sister, or your best friend, your husband, your wife, whatever it is. I want you to think about it from what do you truly want? You, Y-O-U, the person listening, the person on the other end of this, what do you want? And this can be in any area of your life, right? Like I mentioned earlier, my change was extremely radical and not everybody's going to go through that and not everybody needs to go through that. But on my journey and where I was at, that's what I needed to do to get myself in this different spot that I'm in now. So you can think about this in multiple areas of your life. You can think about this in one area. I just, I wouldn't get too carried away and try to do like five or six or something like that. One to two areas is probably a really good starting point. Write it out. Keep write out what you want. What is it that you want? I want X, Y, Z, and I can have it. I want X, Y, Z, and I can have it. Keep refining it. Keep working on it and really start to consider what you want. So I want you to dig deep here too, though. I don't want this to be, you know, just some surface thing like I want to be happy. Okay. No, it needs to be more than that. All right. I mean, we all want to be happy, obviously, but what does happiness mean to you? When are you happy? What does it feel like? And, you know, really feelings are the root of all of this. Really the reason why we want what we want is because we want to, how it's going to make us feel. So that's what I want you to start thinking about. And, And this may be a better way to put this. So maybe it's more like you write, like you write it from, and I got this from Abraham, Abraham Hicks. This is not my own creation here, but I want X because it will make me feel X. I want to manage my finances better because it will make me feel more secure and I will no longer have to live paycheck to paycheck. Or I want a awesome boyfriend who pays attention to me, respects me, cares for me, equal partnership, because it makes me feel good to feel loved. It makes me feel good to have a a partner in life, whatever it is. So I want X because it will make me feel X. And then adding on that that extra sentence of I can have it. Actually saying and starting to reprogram your brain and tell yourself that you can have these things. That is, you know, that's the process I went through. That's what I really think that if you start to start to, because really what we're doing here is we're shifting our beliefs and our thoughts. And so that's your assignment this week. If you want to start to change your life, you start creating and changing your life by changing what you speak. 
So I'm going to close out this first episode of Create What You Speak with me, Sloan Fremont. If you have any questions or feedback, you can email me at sloanfremont at gmail.com. And that's S-L-O-A-N-E-F-R-E-E-M-O-N-T at gmail.com. So follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, because I'll be where I'm at. I have some resources for you that I'll put in the show notes that you can take a look at. As I was thinking about how I was going to structure this podcast and what I was going to close the show with, one of my, a band I really like is called Dawes, and they have this song called All Your Favorite Bands. And when I read about their interpretation of their meaning about it, it's this song talks about, may all, it says, may all your favorite bands stay together. And when I looked at the meaning of that, they were saying that it's an, just an interesting and unique way of saying, may you live long and prosper. So it's basically saying to all those people that came in your life, you know, hey, you know what? We may not be in this, know each other now, or but we shared a history, and may all your favorite bands stay together. So to you, the listener today, I hope you take what I said. I hope you start to make some action, take some action items, and start to really think about what you want for your life. And to close it out, may all your favorite bands stay together. Late night drives and hot french fries and friends around the country From Charlottesville to good old Santa Fe When I think of you, you still got on that hat that says let's party I hope that thing is never Stay together